Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 21 of No Crying in Baseball. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hey there. We're excited. We are so excited. You know who's not excited? Who? The Dodgers. They don't know we're talking about boyfriends from the Dodgers today. In the meantime, they're dealing with weirdness. Did you hear about their weird sickness? No. What's going on? On Wednesday, 26 members of the Dodgers squad came down with some mystery illness. It sounds like a cruise ship scenario. Did they all take a cruise somewhere and get that? It turns out they all apparently were at some point or another over that previous day in the whirlpool. That sounds fun. That's the only thing they can trace this back to. It's not a food poisoning thing. I don't know. But they actually had a hazmat team come into the Dodgers facility and scrub the whole place down. Just about everybody was back by Friday. But our two boyfriends, which you'll hear about more in a few minutes, were both afflicted by this mystery sickness. And so... Not only was that just bad for the for the the guys who were sick, but the the managers had to like w- still work up lineups for that day from everybody who was left, and there just weren't that many people left. Is this the kind of sickness that we sh- just shouldn't go into the symptoms? I I'm just saying that when I hear conversations about we really need a hot tub, I'm now going to say maybe not. Okay, gotcha. Good things happened. Interesting things happened in spring training. What happened? We can do a quick highlights. There's so much fun in spring training, and I was just checking all the scores, but. Pick just a couple of things to point out. Number one, Otani. We've got to keep on the Otani watch, and he's both hitting and pitching. His first at bat, two walks and a single RBI, not too bad. His uh, second time around pitching, he struck out eight out of 12 batters. So he's in there now. Last week we were saying, oh, he's human. He's got to, he needs some time to get used to it. Apparently a week was all he needed. That's a little scary because that's not a lot of time. He is going to be a phenom, isn't he? He's going to be fun to watch. We're going to have fun watching him. And neither one of us is going to have him on our uh, fantasy pitching squad. But more on that later. Another spring training note that we brought up before, Russell Wilson, quarterback for, for Seattle, being with the Yankees. He is not playing in games, but he has been doing bat- batting practice, and he's been getting in there with uh, Judge and Stanton, and he invited them to join him as tight ends in football because they're about the right size. Because turnabout is fair play. Yeah, there you go. And and talking about parties, party, party at, at Napoli's. It's just happy that there can still be party at Napoli's. Napoli's getting up there. Maybe he's not going to make the majors this year, but he signed with the Indians, right? So, yeah, so Mike Napoli played, well, you know, we, we know, knew him and loved him from his long tenure with the Red Sox. And, right, then and, he, and my impersonation of him for Halloween, that was my beard. Which was oh, memorable, memorable. And then he was with the Indians in that fantastic World Series season two seasons ago. And then, and then he went away. But they called him back. He was working out at that um, IMG free agent spring training camp. And the Ooh. Indians said, come back here. For a while. And, you know, they don't really need anybody at first base, right? But they need him in the locker room. They need his leadership. So they're going to have him back for that. And if anything happens to their couple of very good first basemen, he's there. But basically, they just wanted him there for the, for the leadership in the locker room to give him a better place to work out among friends who love him and let other teams audition him kind of from there on the spot. Yeah, he seems like a fun guy to be around. And I'm just going to give a little exhale because I'll get more into Indians first baseman when I talk about my boyfriend yeah, today. Yeah, you will. Um, one more quick thing that jumped out at me, Tim Lincecum, who used to just be a phenom when he was with the, the, freak. the freak with the Giants and winning three World Series with them and then tanked out, took last year off, and he's signed with the Rangers now. They're looking at him for a closer, which is an interesting shift. And just a little bit of note of of checking him out and how he's ready. He's minus the hair plus new biceps. 
So, Well, we've been looking at how hair affects the fastball, so maybe that's going to work for him. It appears that I have a career goal to be Bill Nye the Science Guy because I have yet another science report for our listeners. This it's one, our science segment. Da, 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 da. This one is about juiced balls, and I get to say things like juiced balls and slick balls, and it really makes science sense, so it's okay to say those things. All those stories we've been hearing about, you know, why were there so many home runs and, you know, I couldn't pitch because the balls were slick or the balls are flying out of the park because they don't weigh as much as they should. There was science involved. Our friends at 538 bought a bunch of baseballs that were used in actual major league games, some before all of this started happening, some more recent, and a brand new ball. They did CT scans of these baseballs. And they said, hmm, something's funny about the core of the of the newer baseballs. They sent them to a lab at Kent State and they did chemical analysis of the cores of these baseballs. And it turns out they're a different composition than they used to be. A little, you know, differences in the amount of polymer or differences in the amount of silicon. And that changes the weight of the core of the ball. The baseballs themselves, the variance in weight, not a big deal. But the fact that all the differences in the core makes the balls fly differently. So this density adds only a couple of feet here or there. But also, back to the slick balls, the seams on the baseballs are tighter, less less air resistance. You think, eh, big deal. That's a couple more feet. You put that together, that's the difference between a ball landing on the warning track and flying over the center field wall. And isn't this past year some weird, abnormal, huge amount of home runs compared to previous years? Yeah, it keeps increasing year to year. So, you know, we talked last week about maybe storing the baseballs differently is going to help. That's one piece of it. But Major League Baseball saying, yeah, but it's still within the guidelines that we publish. Okay, but notice the difference that is made by these very small changes. So maybe the guidelines need to be tightened up a little bit. But I got to love when I can talk about science. And it relates to baseball. Yeah, and I guess we have another year to check it out because they have no time to get new balls, I would think, for this year. So we're going to hang with last year's balls and see if they keep flying, I would say. I have no response to that. <laughs> On that note. Let's talk about boyfriends instead. Hey, going from balls to boyfriends. Boyfriends. This is our last week with boyfriends. Absolute top shelf boyfriends. Yay, Indians. Yeah, Indians. Very exciting. I'm picking the new guy on the block for I the Indians. You would. I knew you would pick very, him. I'm very, very so cool guy. And I just, the more I read about him, the more excited I got about talking about him. Yonder Alonso, who's first, bla- first base, 30 years old. I just want to give you a little bit of list of, and including some of my former boyfriends. Yoannis Cespedes, Joan Moncada, Yuli Gurriel, Yasiel Puig. Do you see a pattern? Yeah, you're showing off. Well, <laughs> I think I probably <laughs> fucked up about half of the, the pronunciations. But what do they all have in common? Why names? Why names? And where are they all from? Where are they all from? They're all from Cuba. So uh-huh. if you look at the list of players that's sorted by country and you look at Cuba, it's over a quarter. I would say maybe a third of the players in MLB begin with a Y name. Why? Well, it's Glad you asked that question. Generacion Y in Cuba Right after the Cold War, apparently, there was this baby boom of naming kids beginning of a Y. And nobody really knows why. why they so <laughs> I noticed it. But there's actually conflicting theories about it. Like some people are saying, oh, it's a tribute to the Soviet influence and names like 
like, I don't know, what's a Soviet Y name? Yuri, right? Yeah, there are Soviet Y names. And then other people are saying, well, no, it's because of the communist oppression in Cuba. And this is their way to show their creativity within the limits of not being able to do other creative stuff. I don't know. I think it was just kind of a cool thing that caught on. But worth looking at Yonder, that's what sort of draw me. And I thought, oh, a Cuban Y guy that I can talk about. Looked at him a little bit more, and um, and he has one of the most tear-jerking stories that he wrote in, oh, fuck, we're going to have to put the link up. I don't remember what magazine, Players, something or other. And it was his own, it was a letter to himself at the age of 10 when he emigrated with his family from Cuba. And they came literally with the clothes on their back. And he goes through step by step what that meant for them. And his dad had been a baseball player in Cuba. And so he sort of knew how to get by. He had connections there. So he was the one who maybe could store the extra food and then resell it. Or he he referred to his dad as a hustler. And that was sort of how they survived when they got to Miami. His dad kept hustling and making a little money here and there. And he tells this story about when he was in high school and his dad said, oh, you can get a job now. And he's thinking, cool, money in my pocket. And it was, no, you can get a job now because we need you working to help support the family. And then he, as a high school player, Yonder, yonder <laughs> continued to do really well. And so he got noticed. And he made like the 16th round pick for the twins. And his parents said, no, you have to turn that down and take the scholarship offer with the University of Miami. So we, he went from, to Miami for three years. And, and that, wait, let's pause for that because that's a really big deal yeah. because I bet that signing bonus would have been huge for his family. Yep. It would have meant not, not working three jobs and four jobs and him not having to work anymore either. But they put the education first. That's absolutely the point. That's absolutely the point. And it's really good to hear that because I think a lot of our immigrant community, and maybe this is my bias from having to hear this all the time, gets criticized for, oh, they don't appreciate education. In reality, a lot of people just have to fucking work to survive. I mean, that's what it is. And for his parents to show that, yes, we're pushing you to be educated. And it worked out. And then after his junior year, it's, it sounds like he didn't actually finish at Miami. He, but he was a first round pick, which meant a lot more money, a lot more security. It worked out really well. Um, so he was picked to the Reds and later went to San Diego, Oakland, half a season with Seattle. And now he's with your beloved Indians. Hooray. Signed Happy to have in him. a two-year deal. And how does he show up at spring training? Homering at his first at-bat. So welcome to the Indians, Yonder Alonso. He had a breakout year last year. And he sort of was a mediocre player for a long time. And then 2017, all-star game. And they're saying that, that that it was connected to him going with this new raising. Uh, what is it? When you're getting under the ball, you're trying to get it in the air. Mm-hmm. They call it uh, elevation and celebration. So you're supposed to be hitting the ball up. It does lead to more strikeouts, but it also leads to more home runs. And it really paid off with him with last year. Um, I just want to note one of his home runs was against Chapman in Woo-hoo! the 11th inning at, at Yankee Stadium. So whenever I can diss Chapman just a little bit, I'd like to do that. And the other thing that drew me to him, and believe it or not, this drew me to him, his sister is married to Manny Machado. And so I would think that would turn you off from it, him. It, it kind of did. My first reaction was, oh, damn, do I have to ditch all this research? But then... <laughs> I actually, and and so now I have to do a little bit of apology. I kind of understand Machado was kind of a nice guy. 
And there were some sweet stories that I won't go into, but I'm thinking, you know what? I guess I have to be careful about dissing guys too much. He's a nice guy. He's having a happy marriage with with the sister, Yami. And, um, oh, one more thing. FanFest. FanFest. I will post this. I'll just say it really quickly, though. Alonso, because he's the new guy, he dressed up in a wig and went to FanFest without letting anybody know that it was him. And there's this great footage of him just shooting the shit with fans and trying to get them to talk about Alonso. And he actually dupes out some of his teammates as well. But he's definitely this class clown kind of guy. And that definitely draws me to him as a boyfriend. He's going to fit in well with the whole uh, first baseman um, legacy set by Napoli, too. I think yeah. they're kind of cut from the same mold. I think that's going to be fun to watch. There's going to be a party in the dugout with the two of them party together. Napoli's. My Indian's boyfriend, Francisco Lindor, has been my Indian's boyfriend for almost as long as he's been an Indian, which isn't very long because this shortstop is only 24 years old. So he's only had two full seasons as an Indian. He's been an all-star both of those seasons. And in that partial season, his rookie year in 2015, runner-up for American League Rookie of the Year. He, in 2016, gold and platinum, platinum gloves for his very sexy defense, very sexy defense. And interestingly, he was the first Puerto Rican shortstop to win a gold glove. Wow. And that's, that recently, that's really surprising. That surprised me a lot. Yeah, I, w- I was kind of shocked by that. In uh, 2017, in this past season, he more than doubled the number of home runs he hit to 33, and which won him a Silver Slugger Award. And I'm completely going to pin that on his skill and not juiced balls or any of those other excuses <laughs> that we have been talking right. about. Coming into the season, he said... That he's fr- he was very frustrated with last year. You know, the year before they made it to the World Series. Last year they couldn't make it out of the playoffs. And he says, "I want to finish. We can win. I know we can do it. I want us to win. We all want to be there again." He's got this this work ethic that's just unbelievable. Francona must love him. He, I think he really does. He's got that Puerto Rican style of. You know, baseball is fun. It's a celebration. His nickname is Mr. Smile. He's happy. He's very much an individual, which doesn't always work for him in the greater world of Major League Baseball, which is a little bit more the team's more important than like the individual, you know, like cut cut back on the celebration and all of that. So he was very happy to be in the World Baseball Classic playing with a team from Puerto Rico because he got to have some fun and there was singing in the stands and... He even talked about when he was growing up in Puerto Rico, he said, baseball is played in a happy way with music. I remember playing as a boy here and there with music, with our mothers singing and fighting with the umpires. Go moms. Go moms. Call your mom. I love that. And all this talk we've had about pace of play being the thing that's going to bring in more viewers, come on. More people like Francisco Lindor let loose to show their individuality and to show how much passion and fun they have for the game. That's what's going to make more people watch baseball games. Yeah, definitely. Taking some points from the World Baseball Classic and that kind of emotion, I think Major League Baseball needs to look at that. Like Javi Baez, my uh, my Cubs boyfriend that we talked about just last week, he and his family moved to Florida when he was a kid, in his case, when he was 12 years old. And like Javi, he didn't speak English. And he started school at the Monte Verde Academy boarding school, where he was there on scholarship and had to kind of figure out how to communicate. He actually, his dad tried to teach him how to say, I don't understand. And he couldn't get it. So he wrote it on his hand. So he could tell people, I don't understand, you know, try again, please help me. But he did so well at Monteverde Boarding School that in 2013, 
way before he started with the Indians and became the superstar, in 2013, that school named their baseball complex after Francisco Lindor. Hey, that's adorable. Uh, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good I'm with thirsty. that. I'm going to drink for that. I did find an article that we'll post later about a baseball game that all the scouts in the world apparently went to because Javier Baez's Florida high school team was playing Francisco Lindor's high school team. And it was apparently spectacular, as you might expect it would be. It was, it was fun to read about all of that. He was a first round pick in 2011, which is the same draft round that all my boyfriends from last week showed up in. And uh, instead of going to Florida State, this is the opposite of what you were talking about with Alonso. He actually took the signing bonus. His parents are divorced. They both separately moved with parts of the family to Florida. So with a signing bonus, he did three things. He bought his dad a house. He bought his mom a house. And he got braces for himself. So Mr. Smile said he used to smile with his terrible teeth. And now that he has great teeth, he smiles all the time. He must have had an intense mouth guard for playing baseball with braces. That sounds right? dangerous. Right? It does sound dangerous. Uh, but he also says that if he wasn't playing baseball, he'd be a dentist. So, you know, the smile is oh. very important to him in a lot of ways. I'm endeared to him for a couple of things. One is, this is my way of getting hockey into a baseball podcast. His favorite movie is Miracle. Hey. It's one of our favorites in my house, too. And in the whole discussion about losing uh, Chief Wahoo as the mascot for the Indians, I found a Sports Illustrated article actually from last year suggesting that a, a different, a better mascot would be Lindor's dogs, who they refer to as very good dogs, Paco and Junior, as mascots for the team. And our, our pal, our favorite sports journalist, uh, Jonah Carey, has in the past referred to the Cleveland, he doesn't want to call them the Cleveland Indians anymore. He calls them the Cleveland Lindors. Including the dogs? Is that like well, the idea behind you know, it? So I figure if you, name the, if you rename the team the Lindors and use the dogs as the mascot, then we're gold. You know, that's just anything to get rid of Wahoo. I'm good with that. National League, Dodgers. Dodgers. Enrique Quique Hernandez, who I did pick during the World Series last year and then got a little baffled because then he wasn't playing a lot and I didn't know if I had to go to the backup. Well, turns out that left field is a bit of a wild card this year with the with the Dodgers. Um, there's, I think, six up there and Matt Kemp is just going there. But I'm staying with Quique Hernandez because, because you're loyal. I'm loyal and he's just fun. He's another party dude. And so I... He's fun in a lot of ways, and he has some endearing things about him as well. On my birthday last year was when he got a three-home run game, including a grand slam, to clinch, to help. I mean, there were a lot of runs that game. To cl help clinch <laughs> game five against the Cubs and get the NLDS. And he had not been a big hitter before that. And he, this was, um, you remember, right after the hurricane. And he's Puerto Rican. So he said to his mom, I will get a home run for you. And like a good mom, she said, don't worry about it, honey. Just get the ball and play. <laughs> Just get it. Well, a good thing he talked to mom. She actually had to go to the grandparents' house because they had a TV that was, that was powered by a generator. And they got to watch the home runs on that TV. And he actually quipped afterwards that he hit more homers in the game than he did in bratting practice. <laughs> and, but he also said that he did it for the people back home. So he was promising it to mom. And it was at that time that the big symbols of giving hope for Puerto Rico and looking at the role of Puerto Rican players. He has a lighter side. 
he was in a soap opera. He was in The Bold and the Beautiful for one day playing himself. So you got to love him for that. It was that. a stretch. Yeah. Sure. yeah. He, he's had good hair back and forth. I think it's short now. But back in the beginning of his career and I think in his Bold and Beautiful days, there was some, some good hair to look at. The, the heartwarming part, of course, with a lot of these players is the relationship with their parents and the appreciation for everything that their parents had given to him. And he had a childhood like that where his father was into baseball, driven by baseball, supported Hernandez with all of his baseball, and uh, ended up coming down with multiple myeloma, bone marrow cancer, in I believe it was 2016. And his batting average reflected his concern for his father. He actually had a 305 average in 15, dropped down to 190 in 16, right? Started climbing up a little bit in, in 17, but last year, he, for the first time ever, he did not go back to Puerto Rico for New Year's, Christmas holidays, which is a really big deal. He didn't because his dad's in remission, and so he and his dad rode in a float on the Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl oh, Parade awesome. for an organization called the City of Hope, which is a comprehensive cancer center in L.A. Like for many Puerto Rican players, he was inspired to do something to help the – damn it, what do we call Puerto Rico? It's not a state. It's not a country. The colony of the Puerto colony Rico, of Puerto Rico. sucks. And they weren't getting enough attention from our fucking government – so Major League Baseball has really actually pulled up in a big way with all the players to raise money for Puerto Rico. Hernandez and his fiance ran an online campaign to raise money for Puerto Rico, and they actually raised $125,000 online. Ironically, he was actually in Puerto Rico the day before Maria hit at his grandfather's funeral. Oh, man. Got out just in time. And then imagine, you know, worrying about his family back there. So... Uh, he had started as an Astro, was in the Astros briefly with Altuve and Springer, had a relationship with the, with the Astros owner, Jim Crane. Carlos Beltran, also on the Astros, kind of got the, the idea across to, to Crane that we needed to help these people. They, they chartered a plane to bring players' families out of Puerto Rico, and he gave the offer to Hernandez, and so he brought his family out and is incredibly grateful to the Astros organization for remembering him and including him on that. They also sponsored a plane going back, and Lindor, your boyfriend, went, as did Hernandez and, and Alex Cora of the Red Sox, to bring supplies back to Puerto Rico. The other thing that Hernandez did to raise money for Puerto Rico was partner with a clothing company, uh, 500 level. And they made a, a shirt that says Puerto Rico se levanta, which means rise up Puerto Rico. And they, he bought a shirt for everybody on the Dodgers. And then they sold them and all the proceeds went for Puerto Rican efforts. I just want to say also that he is a clown. I'm going to be putting links because a picture is worth a thousand words. There's no twerking. Not the twerking I'm link. I beg the, you. Not the twerking link. He twerked in the doughouse. He wore a banana suit. They dumped bananas on him. He had a banana pitching gun. He is the life of the party in the dugout. So more to come on that. I also picked my Dodgers boyfriend during the World Series, and I'm going to stick with him. Logan Forsyth, second base, 30 years old. With Corey Seager, that, that duo, they're the fourth-ranked double-play combo, according to MLB, 
And the cool thing about that is between me and Potty Mouth, we have a boyfriend on every one of those pairs because nice. the Astros, the O's, the Indians, and, and the Nats fill out the top five double play combinations. So yay, sexy defense with our boyfriends. Maybe Corey can invite him to the BMX club because we had that BMX club with the Dodgers. They with could, Corey but I got to say, Logan and... Forsythe looks a little bit more like a grown-up. Oh, okay. He really does. Almost a ginger beard. Almost a ginger beard. 2017 was his first year with the Dodgers. He played three with the Padres and then three with Tampa Bay. He had He's had foot injuries of various kinds throughout the years, and he had a broken toe last year, which completely messed with his offense. That's a bummer. His defense was still really good last year, but his offensive numbers were not great until the postseason. And I watched him play and said, yeah, he's going to be my boyfriend. And then all of a sudden, his offense picked up. So I'm going to take credit for the pretty darn good performance of Logan Forsyth in in the World Series. You totally can do that. That's within I have powers. Means, yeah. I have all kinds of powers. In 2016, he won the Heart and Hustle Award in, in Tampa Bay. And you know how I feel about the Heart and Hustle Reward because of Anthony Rendon. That's a good box to check off for boyfriends in my category. His career year was 2015 when his wins above replacement was a 5.12, which was the second best second baseman in baseball that year. So that's pretty spectacular. He grew up in Tennessee. He and his brother both played travel ball and his sister played soccer so the joke is his parents wore out three minivans in their divide-and-conquer way of getting all of these kids to all of their sports, and the parents never actually saw each other. That's such good parenting, though. Power well, to them. And here's when mom felt guilty. The first game of Logan's that she missed because she was with her daughter at a soccer tournament, she got a phone call saying that Logan's tooth had been knocked out by a baseball. And she thought that like other parents were just messing with her because they knew how bad she felt about not being there. No, it was true. He was hit in the face with a baseball, knocked out a tooth, and still went up to bat. Oh, heart goes out to mom on that one. Well, mom's pretty rocking because when he was with the Padres for Mother's Day, the Padres organization invited all the moms to throw out ceremonial first pitches. And his mom said, sure, I'll do it. And she threw a strike. Nice. So she's like, she's pretty awesome. He calls her the athlete in the family, which I find amusing given all of the athletic endeavors of the whole rest of the family. He was an Arkansas Razorback. And that's where he met his now wife, Allie, who was there on a full soccer scholarship. And in the adorable category, I'm going to say that they both wore number 11 in college, and that's his current number on the, on the Dodgers. And they were married in 2014, and their son Trace's first birthday was the first game of the World Series. Sweet. Next week, we're talking pitchers. Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Let's see how it goes. We have a tiny little bit of grooming news. Just a little bit of grooming. I just noticed that Thor was... Uh, oh, Thor. Was it, it's, I can't pronounce his name. The... Syndergaard. Syndergaard. Thank Syndergaard. you. Thank Look you. at the, I can uh, the, pull off the, the Norse gods. That's I just right. can't pull off the. <laughs> not, a, not a Latino name, Syndergaard. I, I got the Norse gods. All right. Lots of weird letters. But uh, he was interviewed and he showed up with no shirt, with hair, no shirt. Not I'm okay much with more that. to say. I'm okay with that. I think we should look that up. My boyfriend, Lindor, that we just talked about, there's a lot of hilarity going on in the in the clubhouse with the Cleveland Indians because he cut off his long, luxurious curls, dyed his hair silver, which he claims is to honor his, his gray-haired dad. And now, <laughs> and now they're posting photos all over the locker room of rappers and supermodels that he resembles just a little bit. I wonder if my kid would dye her hair gray for me. <laughs> Silver. It's silver. Silver. It is silver. I have silver streaks. That's it. Silver streaks. And you earned every one of them. Mm -hmm. 
They're all named. I found something really interesting about how to make baseball accessible to everyone. The World Baseball and Softball Conference just created rules for a game they're calling Baseball 5, which is a way to make streetball sort of organized, but absolutely accessible pretty much anywhere because you don't need any equipment except for a rubber ball. You're not allowed to have a bat. You're not allowed to have mitts. And there's a video online that we're going to post that shows you what these rules are. They say, oh, the the field's got to be about 70 feet. But if you don't have that, don't use that. And the ball has to bounce. You can't like hit the ball out of the park with your hand. It has to bounce. And, And so it makes it easier to learn how to play this game. And it's sort of a baby step getting you into playing something similar to baseball that maybe that'll grow on you. Maybe you'll end up playing in the major leagues one day, but it makes baseball accessible to everyone. I wonder how they're going to get this to catch on. I mean, posting an article and posting a video appeals to people like us who are interested, but I think they need like to go out to rec centers and teach this to kids or teach it to the staff at rec centers and get it going. And there's so many places where it could fit, which makes a lot of sense. So it's where they can't watch YouTube videos. So I'm hoping I agree with you. I hope there's an outreach component to this. We have talked about our fantasy boyfriend baseball league. We're so close. We're so close. We actually started setting things up on Yahoo Sports. So if you look at our Facebook page, we tell you how to let us know if you're interested in playing along with us, if you want to submit a team for our league. So get a hold of us that way. And we're baby stepping our way. We'll be ready when the season starts to um, have you all join with us in the No Crying in Baseball Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League. Yeah, we've made our cuts, but we're going to announce them in two podcasts from now. You'll know who's left. Do we have a countdown to opening day? We do. And it's so exciting. Opening day is in 24 days. That's nothing. Nothing. And 20 hours. And 54 minutes. And a matter of seconds. And until then, there's all kinds of spring training games to to fill your days, as is catching up on back episodes of No Crying in Baseball. So please subscribe to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. Listen up. And in the meantime, say good night, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Because I'm Mr. Science.